Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. Hello and welcome back to Big Demi Energy. It is Wednesday and I hope you all are having a great week so far. I know that I am. I am so sorry that I didn't release a podcast last week. My podcast team is actually working on the campaign with Joe Biden. So whoop whoop. Uh, they have been a little short staffed and a little frantic, but making it work. We've got it this week. It will be part two of me and Sam. But before I get into that, I wanted to just touch base on some stuff before. So I want to talk about red flags in relationships because I date women and I date men. Whenever I date uh, women, it's amazing. I'm not insecure. I feel like loved. I feel um, heard. I feel good. I, they're much more emotional and empathetic and understanding and communicative. What a weird word. Um, but whenever I date men, it's like this whole other ass mystery. Like, I don't know what they're thinking and I make so many excuses for their behavior. And then I come to the conclusion after I put up with all of this shit and I put up this like, you know, kind of fight and like I test my own patience. I test my own sanity because I'm making excuses for what, what comes down to the fact is that they aren't that into me. They don't want me. And... I'm not even really ready for a relationship. I just want to like flirt and like have attention from someone and, you know, and enjoy a, like someone's company. But I always find myself after I like talk to a guy, go on a date with a guy or even hook up with a guy. I'm like, man, why is this so hard? And why do I feel like I'm having to overanalyze everything? It's literally so much more simple than that. Red flags are key. So say you go on a date with a guy. You have you guys have a wonderful time. You either you either have sex with him or you don't. Doesn't matter. I swear having sex with a guy does not matter. They will either like you or not like you. So you do all this and then the next like, you know, whenever you get home or whenever you part from this person, I Typically, I will send a message or I will like, you know, whenever you like part from someone after like spending intimate time with them and stuff, you're like, someone's like, hey, text me or hey, I'll text you or however that goes. So depending on the situation. So they say, text me. I'm like, okay. So I get home. I'm safe. I'm like, hey, I'm home. I had a great time meeting you or I had a great time. I had a wonderful time like getting to know you, whatever it is. Can't wait to see you next. No reply equals red flag that means that they aren't into it because you can make as many excuses as you want as like how they're busy how they have other things to do how maybe they didn't see it yet maybe they're with their bros whatever no 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 it takes one second if you're interested in somebody to be like i had a great time too i can't wait either boom that's it if it's not mutual interest and you feel like it's super one-sided on your part and you feel like this person is so distant and so like sketchy, like you can't tell what they're going to say, you can't tell how to please them, run for the hills. It is not worth it because that you are probably just in their pool of women that they are just picking through like, okay, which which one of my girls am I going to text tonight? Which one do I want to get? Which one do I want to have sex with? Who's going to get me laid? Like all this stuff. So that's a red flag in itself. 
And then it's like, okay, they say you're texting a guy who you've spent time with. Maybe you like never slept with them. Maybe you, you guys just Frenched or something. And you already feel a little like insecure about where you stand with them. If you feel insecure about where you stand with someone that right there is too much for me and I can't handle it and I'm out. I need to feel secure. And whenever a guy really likes you, he will make you feel secure because he will be just as obsessed with you as you are with him. And this isn't even saying like we're trying to jump into a serious relationship. This is just saying like, I like you, you like me. Let's see where we can go with this and we can take it at a slow pace. But I'm not going to play games along the way. I'm not going to play this hard to get game. I'm not going to play this. Oh, he's just busy. Oh, he probably like it does like me. He just isn't telling me he likes me. All this blah, 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 blah. Like, nope. Nonsense. Red flags. He doesn't like you. Get over it. If a guy likes you, he's going to find a way to talk to you. He's going to go out of his way to talk to you. He will do whatever he can to talk to you. So we have got to stop waiting around for the guy who doesn't like us to like us. And if you're willing to lower your standards and make excuses because I know how it feels whenever a guy doesn't like you, you want to make them like you. You like them 10 times more. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy... Oh, I can't get him off my mind. I can't handle the rejection. That's what it is. We can't handle the rejection that potentially comes with that. But I'm not here for that anymore. I am over that. You either like me or you don't. We can have a relationship and we can have uh, not even like a official relationship is what I'm saying. I'm saying just like a relationship with another person. We can have that. We can see if it can grow. We can see if it won't. But I'm not going to sit here and chase some motherfucker who doesn't even like me. And the fact of the matter is, most of the time, they don't fucking like us. And why? Because they have all the options in the world. Because I go after really hot dudes. And these really hot dudes can have any girl they want. And so, what am I doing wasting my time here? Okay, I'll take it as I had a good lay. Thanks for the sex. That's it. And whenever, you know, if what I want to do, I want to text him and be like, you sack of shit. You have no idea what you missed out on. This fine ass will never talk to you again. But no, no, no. That is the wrong approach. What you do is you don't say a damn thing. You do not text them. You do not reply to them. You leave them on red. You that and you don't even do that because you want their attention. You do that because you do not have time for that person. And that is no longer an option for you. And you move on to the next. It's all about brain power, confidence, and strength. We need to be strong, ladies. And we need to stop giving in to these players. We cannot let these men keep playing us because then they keep doing it again and again and again to so many other women out there. And I'm sick of it. Like, they they know, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if this one girl doesn't work out because I've got, like... 20 other girls I could hit up right now that it will work on. No, everyone needs to stop tolerating that. Women, we have got to have higher standards and read these red flags and say, fuck no, I will not even entertain this. I'm just going to ghost you and I'm not going to care about it. It's easier said than done, I will admit. But that is my motivation for the future. (laughs) 
Uh, I act like I know what I'm talking about. I'm probably going to get played next week. Who knows? Um, but no, seriously, like, know your worth. We're like, you're amazing. And you don't deserve to put up with someone who looks at you as an option. And honestly, it's pretty embarrassing to think that these men think that we can just be options and just be cool with being their like go to or their like side piece or just a girl they can go to whenever they want. You know, they want to have sex or they want attention or they want to be flattered. Like, no, I'm done flattering you motherfuckers. I'm so done. Y'all can flatter me. Flatter me all day long. I'll at least send you a text. I'll at least give you some attention. Like, or I'll be honest with you and be like, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't it. This is not it for me. Wouldn't that be so much easier if, like, guys didn't just play us and they just said, like, honestly, not that into it. I'd be like, okay, cool. But instead, they want to play this ignore game. Ignore and then call, text, and then ignore. And, like, I'm so sick of it. Just be straight up. And also, I'm not trying to rush into it. I'm trying to take it slow, too. But I I deserve respect. And a respectful person who respects me would be honest with me or at least be like, yeah, I had fun, too. Can't wait to talk to you next. Boom. That's all. You don't have to call me the next day, the day after that, the day after that. It doesn't even matter when you call me after that. But don't leave me hanging. Do not leave me hanging. Dating's hard. I actually really suck at it. But I'm only 25, I guess. Only 25. Good God. I'm half a century. Now I'm not half a century. I'm a quarter of a century. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, if you have a gut feeling about something and you feel like you're getting played or you feel like uneasy about a situation, a dating situation, take that and run and get the hell out of it. Do not think that anything you could say is going to change this person's perspective and value that they have on you because it's not going to. You're just going to, they're going to think you're just quote unquote crazy or whatever. They don't listen to logic. All they want is the easy way out. They want someone who just fucking bend over backwards for them with no questions asked. That's not me. I don't even know you want my bending over backwards for you. Unless it's some crazy sex position. (laughs) I hate myself. Um, All right. So anyway, on to my podcast. We have part two with my best friend, Sam. And I'm really excited for y'all to hear it. So let's go. So speaking of FOMO, um, Sam and I both, this is why I feel like we bonded so well, is that we both are homebodies. People look at us and they they see we're outgoing, loud, charismatic. We've we just got that personality, you know. But bitch, the second I get away from you, I am absorbing every bit of silence. I, I, need, I need it to recharge. I need to be. But here's the thing: is you gotta find yourself a friend. If you are like that too, you find yourself a friend who can recharge with you, and you guys can literally sit there and do nothing for a day and feel amazing about it. Oh. And it wasn't just a day for us. <laughs> I could literally sit and do nothing with you my the rest of my life. That's why we had married. We do. Like, she'll, oh, she hasn't came home in a while, which is rude. But when she did come home a lot more back and forth from being on the show, it was funny 
because I would have such high hopes. We're going to go do this and go do that. We're going to get this. We're going to do all the stuff that you haven't been doing because you've been gone. And, bitch, we sat there on that couch eating food. Like, and this is Miss DoorDash Queen. And we didn't even leave to go pick it up. We didn't. We just would fat chill. Big fat chilling, watching movies, eating, drinking wine, and just chilling. Like, it's just funny because even apart, all we do is FaceTime all night. Like, it's it's hard being separated from your best friend. It really is. Like, it sucks so much, but I really do love that we have the FaceTime thing because it feels like I hang out with you. Like, everyone's like, what'd you do last night? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I stayed at home. But in my head, I'm like, I hung out with Sam all night. Like, like well, people are like, oh, what'd you do when you got home? Nothing. I'm like, actually, I was hanging out with a little dim. <laughs> It's, it's so, it's so funny. So, um, I want to cover this like kind of quickly cause I know that we're talking so much, but I just want to <laughs> talk about real quick important qualities that you look for in friends and important qualities that you try to provide for your friends. Um, it's kind of like a hard question cause I feel like it just comes natural, but first, yeah. Okay, maybe I can just, like, maybe inspire you to, like, get the, you know, get the sparks flying in your brain. So, for me, what I look for in my friends is I look for loyalty because I'm very loyal and I want to give loyalty. So, that's a quality I look for and also want to provide. Um, it, uh, empathy, obviously, I look for in every person that I meet. But as far as, like, close friends, I'm going to keep very close to me. Uh, it's, like, a lot of understanding it's a lot of forgiveness and I focus more on me forgiving my friends instead of like looking for the forgiveness. I obviously I want the forgiveness in return, but the biggest thing I like work for like work towards giving them is always being forgiving and, you know, lots of love and lots of support. And like, I am not one of those people. If you talk shit about me to like, what, like if we have like a group of friends and one of my friends is talking shit about me to the other friend, I'm not really going to be mad about that because I probably am going to talk shit about you too because everyone's annoying. But um, how deep their shit talking goes, I feel like. That's exactly right. It depends on how much they're saying, like what they're saying. But also, I'm kind of growing out of that phase, I feel like, like that stage where I'm like, okay, yeah, we can all talk shit about each other behind our backs because me and you have such a different friendship than I've ever had with anyone because you've been friends for so long. And we literally will just look at each other and be like, you're fucking annoying. And like, you just say it to their face. And so now I'm kind of looking more for somebody who's just going to tell me whenever, because if you tell me that I'm being annoying or you tell me I'm being a bitch or I'm, I'm being ugly or I'm being, you know, I I that, like, I'm like very receptive and I'm like, Oh my God, you're so right. Like my bad, you know? I watched the, or I went, oh yeah, I was out eating the other day and my mother and my cousin and one of my best friends all, proceeded to tell me how sometimes I say very blunt things that they can, they can vouch that that's just my personality, but I love it when you say blunt things because I, it helps you're saying it to me. I'm like, just say it to my face. I promise. I don't know how to pitter patter around. So it's, it's not like I'm looking for friends who don't talk shit behind my back or I don't have to talk shit about them behind their back. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm looking for somebody who, or like I, I want friends who I could say it to their face, but not just that. I want them to say it to my face. And also, 
I'm looking for the friends who can handle it whenever I say it to their face. Because there's been friends where I have said it to their face and I've created a whole fucking mess for myself because they are so butthurt that I did something they did or I said that they were annoying and they get their feelings hurt. How much more less sensitive are you now than you were then? Because I definitely think now things don't bother me the way they used to. So things just like right on right on my shoulder whatever like I don't and like a lot of people you get this this reference water off a duck's back oh that one that's what I wanted (laughs) jinx monsoon she always said it did you watch jinx season five drag race RuPaul but you know my memory I know I know I just wanted to see if you remembered it it's bad but no I think especially what you said like about forgiveness within yourself because I'm so quick to just be like you're annoying bye like, okay, fine. I don't have to hang out. I don't have to hang out with anybody. Like, I don't have to be around any of you people. But I forget sometimes how much more of a social creature I am than I give myself credit for. Like, you know, I, I think in my head I don't like to go out and do things. But, you know, one of the qualities I think I even look for in my friends is they're more outgoing than me because I need that to pull it out of me because it, it is in there. But she's not coming out on her own. And I feel like I need that second outgoing backbone to fully like you know just be like more fun like in social events because otherwise I just stay home and not do a lot which I think even you and I struggle with just oh we'll sit here and we'll call each other and we'll be miles away and not go talk to you know like you know the people that are nearest to us because we're so just like we'll, we'll do nothing so you know lately I especially during the pandemic you just like crave human attention almost or being near people it's really brought me like a lot closer to a lot of my friends that I didn't think I'd keep up with as much just because you forget what it's like to not talk for forever and all of a sudden you have all this time so it's just like it's nice to and like I said earlier I I love my friends that I can just go weeks months sometimes without talking to and we can just pick up where we last left off because if you know me me not talking to you isn't any harsh feeling I'm just a quiet person. You could always call me. I'm not a good texter. And if you're my friend, you know that. So I'm not ever really on my phone, but I think the people in my life that I just respect how come and goy I am, I'm just flowy. I go with like some weeks, I'm great. I'm good. I'm out there. I'm having fun. I'm wild. I'm crazy. And then other weeks, I just don't talk to anybody. I mean, I'm sure everybody's kind of like that in their life, but the friends that are truly understanding of it because they realize I've been through some, some shit and I'm still grieving and like going through things and I think, figuring out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've been through so much stuff and like, that's one of the other things that I look for in friends. And I also want to give my friends is yeah. that I'm not taking things personally. If you take things personally too much, which is something I'm learning as an adult because even I could have a conversation with somebody at the grocery store who's like checking me out or something like uh, not checking me out, like, ew, but like actually scanning my groceries. Um, and if they are sassy and rude to me, there's a part of me that wants to put the bitch in her place. But then there's a part of me that's like, this is not about you, Demi. Just be nice to her. Try to turn it around or something. So whenever in my friends, if I'm, if they're like talking too much or like something's going on, I'm like, bitch, shut up. Or like, give me a fucking minute. Like you all, every time you tell me shut up or something, like I just laugh. Cause I'm like, 
I love that we can communicate so honestly because we don't take it personally because it's like not that serious. It's not that deep. I forget about it either way. Like, is that worth arguing about? Kind of like back to our big fight. It's just, we don't, I need to call you when something's wrong. So let's just skip the petty shit. <laughs> exactly. And it's like just things sometimes like, uh, I don't feel like me and you are really like that, but maybe it's just because we have had this dynamic now for a few years of like, we just tell each other exactly what we're thinking. And it's like, I can't talk right now. I have to go by five <laughs> years ago. That would have made me question everything. You know what I mean? Cause I'd be like, Oh my God, she hates me. She's mad at me. This like that. Like taking well, it. What did I do? Is she, what did, is, did I say something? Is it towards exactly. me? Now I'm like, bitch is busy. She'll call me later. It's, it's, see. And it's, it's so much more refreshing. So like, I would say that, the biggest thing in getting like your girlfriends or your, I mean, I don't know how guys work. I'm a girl. So, but all your girlfriends and like how you like maintain all your best friends or even your friendships or whatever is not taking shit personally. Never. And if you took it that personal, ask them about it because chances are they may not have like meant it, you know? Yeah. And if you, and if they react badly to you asking them if it was like personal then okay maybe you need for them to grow up a few years you know like maybe maybe put that friendship on hold maybe don't talk to him for a year and come back later it'll be fine us <laughs> we've been through it you know it's fine just take a break you come back better than ever <laughs> so what did you ever actually say what your like qualities are that you look for in friendship and what you give. I mean, I think we kind of like agreed on them, but do you have, I mean, I think, you know, I look for people that are definitely different than me, more outgoing, like you said, forgiveness, because, you know, I'm so quick to just like move on, but you know, a lot of it, I guess too, is loyalty, which goes into just always trusting that that friendship's there, being there for each other when you need it. But you know, these days it's, it's hard to keep friends and it's hard to not pick people apart. And I think a lot of being a good friend is being like a good friend to yourself because I think sometimes we think we just need ourselves, <laughs> but you need friends and you have to put time and effort into friendships or you're not going to get them back. And I feel like, especially lately I've learned that and I'm still learning how to be like a good friend. Cause I, I struggle with just wanting to stay to myself and being more open. So you know, definitely looking for people that get it out of me. Easy to talk to. Like to be lazy with me. <laughs> I'm the laziest bitch on the planet. I swear to God. No one even knows that about me. They, no one has any idea how lazy I am. Oh, besides me and the dorm and probably friends at home. Nobody quite gets it. <laughs> I'm so fucking lazy. Um, so speaking of being lazy... <laughs> this actually is not speaking of being lazy. I just said that. Um, so let's transition to the subject because this one is very fascinating to me because first of all, I find it so funny and cringy and hilarious that you still use Facebook so avidly, but I do <laughs> like what you use Facebook for, but I'm just like, bitch, who's still getting on Facebook? Samantha Minton is still it's getting Aaron Minton middle name just so you know it's me um you're very vocal on facebook and you are very good uh, at pissing off your relatives oh conservative so (laughs) talk about that share share with the listeners about that because i know that 
uh, a lot of the relatives you're pissing off are older, so they have different mindsets than, you know, us up and coming have. So go ahead. So, you know, growing up in Texas, it's much more conservative than other states. Um, I'm down south, and I'm in a small town, and I'm also mostly in a small town of majority white people. So with that being said, uh, you know, even dating outside of my race, I faced a lot of shit. I got phone calls to my house about how people wanted to just make sure my dad knew that I was dating a black guy multiple times. Like just stupid stuff. My parents weren't raised like that. That's not what was instilled in me growing up. So a lot of it was very much shocking. But then you grow up a little bit older and times have changed 20 20 now and we have that man as a president and you start to realize the people that favor him and his beliefs. And I've seen a lot of people that did vote for him change their ways, but then there's others that don't. And it's, it's making them show their true colors on other aspects of life that I feel like, yeah, there are two parties. Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? Do you, what do you think about what taxes should be paid? Like just what your party beliefs are, I guess, you know, what the big dividing ones are. However, my favorite pastime is sharing articles that make my Facebook friends uncomfortable because who else might be sharing them on their timeline? Maybe nobody. Maybe they do read them. Maybe they don't. I don't know, but they haven't deleted me yet. So maybe they're reading it, and that's usually my hope. And, you know, normally I try to vocalize why I specifically feel connected to this article and related to something that I might have experienced, but... Most of the times I just share current news that might not be the ones that they are sharing from, you know, like the same sources or whatever. And it sparked quite a lot of uh, controversy, even within my family, just because, you know, they voted for Trump and not that I'm going to say I thought it'd be as bad as it is now. Four years later, the people that voted for him, it's just that the people that will do it again is quite scary. And you know, your, your family commenting on your posts about how you're a snowflake, liberal, you know, libtard. Like, I literally couldn't even post about how my day was or selfie without being called a snowflake or liberal. And it's, it's just annoying, like, even coming from your own family. And when you're trying to just share things and sound like you've read it, like, you know, like a person that actually reads what they're sharing and can communicate on it on an adult level, I am more than willing to open up and talk in a debate type fashion. But when you're just calling me names, I'm not doing that. And so like, I feel like a lot of people, especially now, like in my generation in Texas or the South are just, their family still believes or holds on to those tight knit things that they're not ready to let go of yet. And it's just super hard whenever you get around each other and you're just fine. And it's, hard to talk about those hard subjects because they're just waiting. It's the elephant in the room these days. And it's just like, how do you address it? Well, I'm here to say you don't have to have your family on Facebook. If they're going to comment and say mean things and they don't want to see the point, you don't have to be their friend. Like I had my cousins, my own, like uh, it's not fun getting called things on your posts. So delete them. If they don't want to read your view and be cool about it, you're not commenting that on theirs. Bye. Like leave them. However, it's nice to constantly reiterate my beliefs because maybe somebody is reading them. And I at least know that the people that are reading the comments or the debate that I'm having are also getting backup of opinions. Like my friends chip in, like 
I feel like so many people in my friend group are there to inform and not that I want to be on freaking Facebook, but if I can share things that make people uncomfortable and then back it up with information, I'm going to do it because maybe that's somebody that wakes up different. My mom voted for Trump and now hates him. Like we literally went to the beach and all they had was Trump flags and the people that were selling them, she went up to them and asked where the Biden one was and they just laughed at her. And she, you know, four years ago, she's just like a changed woman. And it's just, it's interesting to see what just listening and she's a nurse. So, you know, the whole pandemic has made her change her views on how the president handled even just emergency situations in that sense that actually affect it. Sometimes it takes something actually affecting you to make you care or listen because my mom did not watch the news. Now she's figured out how to put four different channels on mm-hmm. the TV. And like, she even said to me, I think that this channel believes in this party and this channels for this party. And like, my mom is not tech savvy. I'm from the country. I am not down it on my mom. If she should know those things. However, she doesn't, but she did it on her own. She's figured out what she stands for, what she believes in. She started listening. She waited for something to affect her. And like, it's small things like that, that you change. It's not going to bother you until it affects you. And so. Yeah. But I love that you aren't afraid to use your voice and stand up for what you believe in because I know that for me personally, growing up in the same kind of environment where we're in the South, a lot of our relatives are very conservative and speaking your mind about things like you, you are expected to just follow in line. I feel like you're expected to just, okay, we're Republican. We're voting Republican. Like you better vote Republican too. And like, it's it, like not even talked about though. Like you're just automatically like expected to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard to have the conversation like, you know, about politics and stuff. Like, and saying that even one of my old roommates, I'm sure you'll remember. We asked her why she was voting for somebody. And she said, because my mom is. And we were just yeah. like. And that uh, is not chill. And that's that's not how we should be going about it. But you've always, you are very, I, I know you think that you might be like quiet or whatever. You're not <laughs> quiet. You are very vocal about what you believe in and like what you think about all of these things. But you're not doing it arrogantly or ignorantly. You do your research and you're like, oh, wait, no, I'm going to stand up for this and it's very admirable because it's very hard for me like I can't imagine telling half of my family like oh yeah I'm not voting for Trump like I don't want them to know I'm not voting for him because I'm scared of what they're gonna think of me so you do inspire me to be more brave in that sense of like nope this is what I think this is why I think it you can listen to me or not you're probably not gonna listen so I'm not wrong with what you think any either way just be able to talk to it speak to it why do you feel that way like own it and everybody deserves their own opinion, right? Cool. But if you're going to voice it, know what you're talking about. And if you're not ready to talk about it, talk to somebody that you admire. Like, you know, people want to get it out too. And I feel like I try to get it out in any way I can just because it's hard. And amazing at it. Like, you, you really are. And I, you don't get enough credit for it just because you're, you're posting, like, you know, this stuff on Facebook and your Facebook. <laughs> of your family who all come on there to all all my friends and to all the people that follow me or whatever I'm sure they know conservative people that exist in America yeah they're all your Facebook friends and mine and any of us there but no you still you do it anyway and it is really inspiring and another thing that I've noticed that you 
post a lot about or you are you know, we've had conversations about it before is like Planned Parenthood and being uh, pro-choice. So what would you, if you had, you know, cause we believe in women empowerment, women's rights. We're very um, avid about that. You are way better at it than me because <laughs> I haven't done enough research to know a, a proper argument to propose. I just am like, Oh yeah, no, I'm pro-choice. Like uh, there's no reason I shouldn't be, but you actually know a lot of stuff about it and you even post about that and get even more backlash from your family. So you have, oh, yeah. they're bashing you for now you have your, uh, pro, uh, pro choice that they're bashing you for. Oh yeah. It's one of the biggest arguments that I love to have <laughs> just because, um, my, my body, my choice. And you know, what's, what's funny is i you know, I personally have never had an abortion. I'm not saying that that means I would or I, I wouldn't, but I haven't, I haven't been faced with that choice because I've been luckily, lucky enough to have a mother that was sex positive and we talked about it. And, you know, I'm not proud to say it now, but I, you know, I was on birth control very early, but I had a mother that talked about it with me and some, a doctor to go to that provided it to me. And, you know, I had the support and the, confidence to own being a woman growing up. And I think a lot of people don't have that. And so the resources that people do have to go to, you people want to take them away. Like there are girls that don't have insurance and they have breast cancer. And that's the only place that will screen their breasts. Like they're the only place that will give them a mammogram and help them figure out what's wrong and provide them with the funding that everybody thinks they're paying for with abortion money no, you like your federal funding is not going towards an abortion unless it is federally mandated by law in a court case that that will be paid for from the court. Like, it's just insane to realize how many people are uneducated, even to know or want to shut something down. Like, the more we can or supply birth control to girls that can't afford it, the less abortions we'll have to worry about. We won't even be sitting here asking people if they're pro-life pro-choice or pro-anything, if we can just silently give women the, the option to be on birth control without anybody giving her shit for it. How about we make her educated enough to know she doesn't have to get pregnant. She can go get a screening. She can go get tested. And guess what? If she does want to get an abortion, fucking let her. It's not your money paying for it. Look up the Hyde Amendment if you have not, because I promise you, your money is not paying for that. That girl is paying for that. However she got her money to do that, that's out of her pocket. Her insurance, her insurance is not paying for it either. It, sorry, it gets me worked up. It's just all of those reasons, no matter what it is, if you can't turn your eye or face, cheek, whatever, to the fact that 97, I think it's like 94% of the things even going on in a Planned Parenthood building are not abortion related and you still have a problem with it, you're, you're the problem and it's not worth explaining because I don't, I hate when people bring religion into it. Okay. Then it, it's God's choice. What happens to this woman? I know people very close to me that have had abortions and they would not be standing where they are today. Had they have not made that very difficult decision to do that. And that is her shit to deal with, not yours. And anybody that decides to wear that burden on their back on their own has their own fucking problems and they need to go talk to somebody about why they're so worried about what somebody else is doing. And so I think that's what gets me just even more motivated is why do you care so much what somebody else is doing? If you're not going to help change your change could be advocating for women to then get free birth control. 
Well, why should we pay for it? Well, what else do you want to complain about? Not everybody can get birth control, so let's help them. It's just, it's, it makes zero sense. You got to give. To give, you got to get. To get, you got to give. To get. <laughs> See? <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, like, I'm really, really proud. And, like, in a way, like, I feel lucky that I have you as a friend because you do know so much about all of this. And uh, it, it's really fortunate for me to have a friend in my life who stands up for this kind of stuff and you are vocal about it. And I think it's really awesome. And I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd be too scared to like speak on it and stuff like that. And like having you, like you are like someone like I look up to whenever it comes to all that, cause you know what's going on. You read all about it. You help me like learn new stuff because you know, I'm. Well, I, I, that's I, the hard part is like reading and not knowing and asking, like it's okay to ask. How are you ever going to see anything different if you say, I don't get it? What does this even mean? Yeah, but you put it in the most amazing way that's, like, easy enough, like, you know, and you could explain that to, like, a five-year-old pretty much, like, it, except for, actually, never mind, they're not learning about sex education right now. But you could explain it to anyone that way that you just explained it, and they would understand. Hopefully, but not everybody does, and that's when you just... Well, that's a choice of theirs to not yeah. understand. They They don't want to hear it just because they believe so much, and you know, maybe their religion or whatever, their pro-life thing. But if there was one thing, I mean, I feel like everything you said actually would apply to this, but like if there was one thing that you could say to maybe your relatives or maybe just people in general that are conservative or pro-lifers, like what was one thing that you would say to them that could maybe impact the way that they think about it? As my mom would say, to be sweet, <laughs> just to be nice, like – are you going to feel better about yourself or even if you don't agree with somebody like is saying it out loud, do you feel that good and strongly that you would just randomly like ruin your day over an argument? Like just being an asshole, like is being an asshole that fun to you. I'm sorry if it is, I hope you figure it out, but this is your sign to maybe figure it out because it's not fun living and being an angry person. And I definitely think even why I'm so much more mature now is because of, I don't carry that anger the same way I used to. And I used to love to argue and make my point and state a fact. And don't get me wrong. I will, but I have learned my limit. Just be nice. Treat everybody as if they think the same way you do. And until they don't fuck it, like move on. I think it's a very interesting point too, that you said, or it's a very interesting statement that you pointed out that Planned Parenthood 94% of it or whatever is not even abortions they are doing other things. there, like, they're doing mammograms. They're seeing if people have breast cancer. I remember whenever I was younger, um, I went there, uh, whenever I like had sex for the first time, I was 18 and I went to Planned Parenthood cause I thought I had an STD or something and it was razor burn. <laughs> but they were it, there for you. <laughs> they were there for me. And I also, I did not have to use my dad's insurance to do it. And it was like, it wasn't like, I mean, I don't know how much that would cost, but like, I mean, I paid whatever I had. I paid it out of my wallet. Like I like everything I've got, I got to go get this checked out. I think I've got warts. And they were like, that's razor butter, honey. Like, stop. Like, what are you doing here? But it was like, I, and but, even, there, but like you had one that you could go to. Maybe you weren't comfortable going anywhere else if you had nobody to freaking talk to. And that's the scary part is they're taking them away and away. And like girls are having to travel over 12 hours in a car 
just to go get an abortion. And then they make them sit in a hotel room for 24 hours to be sure about their decision. What are you talking about? I don't know anything about this. Tell me if you're a minor. So like the only one, I think like if you live in new, maybe there aren't any in New Mexico or the, like say you live in El Paso, you have to come to Dallas or San Antonio. You have to go to a city. And if you're under 18, Mm. you have to figure out a way to get there. You have to figure out how to pay for it. You have to then, no, you can't get one without a parent consent. What am I even talking about? After you get your parent consent or whatever consent, you then have to go and sit at a hotel room that you pay for with your money because they read you your, you have options. You can give, you can, you can give it up for adoption. You can do this. You can do that. You can blah, 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 blah. And so you have to literally agree to go home for like a whole day and think about it. That might not even be if you're a minor. I don't know. I've never got one, but I love that women just go freaking get one if they want. <laughs> like, I don't, it's not affecting me. Exactly. And I don't, um, I understand, uh, not, I understand where pro-lifers are coming from. I, I get it. Like, okay, there's, you know, you made the decision to have sex. You made the decision to do this. You now have a life. Yeah. But it's like, okay, uh, everyone's having sex. We're all having sex. And I believe that I believe in science. So energy is neither created nor destroyed. So that energy of that baby that, you know, has been aborted, the energy that created that is going somewhere else. I'm not like a fucking murderer if I get an abortion, which I've never had one. But Would if you I rather be a terrible baby, mother? Huh? Would you rather been maybe not a great mom? Exactly. Like- if I had a baby right now, do you know how <laughs> terrible that, that child's life would be? Do you know that I cannot like... I have no idea what I would be doing. I would be in, in putting this child into misery or not even misery because I would do the best that I could and I know I'd be good, but then I'd be sacrificing my life and like, I'm a human being. I have to be selfish at some point. But and, here's and, where I like to just nip that combo in the bud is like, but I want you to be able to just go get some birth control. If maybe you do want to think about it. That's why we need Planned Parenthood. Like got to get back on that birth control, man. But yeah, and that's exactly right there, Planned Parenthood. And then I just want you to be able to go fix that problem without getting, you know, the lady we worked with at Pottery Barn, the older lady, she was a chauffeur. She like chauffeured them in. Chauffeured them into Planned Parenthood? Yes, because people were protesting and they were scared. It's terrifying. And it's disgusting how what Planned Parenthood has been slapped it's like Planned Parenthood has a huge fucking banner slapped across it that's like baby murderers that's what people see them as whereas they're actually doing like you said 94% I think it was is that that's not even what they're doing 94% of their work is other things they're preventing things they gave me an STD test whenever I couldn't tell like I I didn't want to I I didn't have uh, or I didn't want to put on my dad's insurance I was 18 I'm still under his insurance obviously (laughs) But I was like, he can't know about this. No one can know about this. I think I've got something wrong. And they were like, it's razor burned, but we'll still give you the test. We've got you, girl. That's all you need. One time, think she has genital warts. What's wrong with me? (laughs) It's razor burn. (laughs) I think it's probably because it was the first time I actually kept up with, like, shaving my pussy. 
Probably. It takes a lot of routine to get back into. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I never had razor burn before because I like shave my vagina like every now and then. But then I was like shaving it a lot and I was like, oh God, I have something. Is it syphilis? <laughs> every here and there. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like that you do speak your mind about it and you are educated about it because you do inform me and you can inform a lot of people about it. And uh, you aren't afraid to do so. And I think that's really awesome. You're not scared of the conservatives. Oh, hell no. Let's, let's, let's take them down. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all got it together. You see both sides and I appreciate you, but the others just, I'm ready to talk. Learn to have an open mind. Um, ready to talk. thought when I told you that I was going to be on The Bachelor? I literally laughed. I was like, okay, (laughs) we'll do that. That sounds good. All right. I've never watched it before, like ever. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Well, she comes over to stay the night. I'm like home one weekend at my mom's and she's close with my family. And, you know, she's like, the next day we're going to record my my audition tape. And I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. We'll see. Well, we wake up to go to the lake on my stepdad's boat, which happens to be not very new. And I forgot. I literally didn't even remember that I filmed my half of my audition tape with you. Yes. And you know, you're waking up, getting ready, putting on makeup. I'm like, I got my swimsuit on. I'm just watching you. I'm like, this bitch is for real about to record that. Mm -hmm. And my mom is over here. Like, does she know that the boat's not that nice? And I'm like, she's seen it before. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to put something together, I guess. And the bitch did. My stepdad's the one that threw a little can. Like, it was the cutest little video ever, and I'm so proud of her. But, you know, we all say we're going to do shit, and we don't. And it was just so funny to see her actually, like, take the initiative to do it because I knew she wanted to do something. And, like, I feel like in that moment, that was, like, the first, like, fuck it. Let's just try something. Do you remember um, how much I would always say, like, no, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous one day. You guys, it was literally, like, a few months into living with her. And I remember her, like, having her notebook. We're all studying for finals, just stressed out. And her just closing her book and being like, I'm done. We're done. No, I don't care. And me and my cousin are like, what do you mean you don't care? She's like, I don't care. I don't want to, I'll go do my best. And if I don't, I don't care. And we're like, well, then what else are you going to do? You're going to fail. And she literally looked at us and she said, I really don't care. And I know I just said that, but I'm going to be famous one day. This doesn't matter. And we just looked at her like that dumb bitch. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? And like, she literally like took a shower, went to bed, washed her face, ate dinner, like, and did not care about her testing anymore. And I still think the bitch came out like with an 80 something. So she's way smarter than you guys even understand. She loves school shit. She'd make millions of flashcards and then give them to us to use and be like, thank you, madame. It, it, <laughs> it was just like, thank you. Thank you. But like, she would look at it two times and just be like ready to take a test. But once school started get like progressing, like second semester, like the, I'm going to be famous comment started to pop up more. And I feel like that's when she was like, 
feeling herself more. Like, it, was whenever, it was whenever I, I feel like this happened whenever I, uh, people started coming up to me on campus and they were like, are you Demi, not Lovato? Yep, and I was like, yes, actually I am. It was honestly pretty cute because Demi had this whole following on there. And then I had like the, like the Twitter squad coming up you to me. The Twitter squad. And you know, what's funny is I love the Twitter squad way more. No, but it's funny, but people are like, are you Jimmy not Lovato? And then people come up to me and they'd be like, are you smitten? And like, it was like, we just both had these like online personas together, honestly, that we never really. We were famous at Texas State and that's whenever I knew that I would be famous in the real world. But we both have always enjoyed like the internet and being. We get it. We get the internet very well. And Twitter world is hard to get unless you get it. Like whenever I try to get people into Twitter, especially now all my friends here in LA and stuff, most of them, they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, never mind. Well, you're never going to then, honey. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's why you don't get a lot. <laughs> Stick to Instagram because you got to be one of us on Twitter. Like you got to be one of us. Got to. Um, so your thought on me going on The Bachelor, you were just like. You know, I was very surprised. It was very fun to watch just because like some of the stuff he'd say, I'd like look at the person next to me and be like, <laughs> like were you cringing or were you like were you like who the fuck is this bitch or were you like I was like look at this romantic girl look at her she needs a relationship now like what is this like I was believing it what about whenever I was like doing my antics like you know acting oh, those were the be- that was like that's my best friend that's that bitch and people would really be like is she really like that in real life and I'd be like oh that's nothing <laughs> that is literally like the top of the the foam it, it, you are skimming skimming the top of it if you only heard this bitch all day and like not on camera oh my god I love hearing that because I I feel like it, it was me it was like a little bit maybe I I played it up a bit because I was like I'm not gonna let them motherfuckers forget me <laughs> and if somebody had a good idea I was like oh yep I'm doing it. Sounds great. Um, uh, and like people come out to me and be like, they make her do that. I'd be like, no, I think she really just wanted to do that. I wanted to do anything. To- she, I'm like, and they're like, oh, she just wanted attention. I'm like, well, that's why she went on the show. And like, <laughs> I know it boggles my mind whenever people are like, so do people really go on that show for love or like what? And I'm like, every single person who is, they're going on a show, a TV show on ABC, nationally televised. Obviously, they want to be on a show. They're there to be on a show. 100%. Open-minded to that. Like, sure, maybe we'll see if anything could happen. But no, it's literally about being on TV. Everyone wants to be on TV. Suck my dick. Like, if you claim that you were there only for love, get on Match.com. Like, fuck off. Plenty of fish. Baby girl. I need a fish, baby. I'm actually like, come on. That ain't the place to be. We all know what you're doing. And either way, I know some people find love, but I think you definitely knew it would just lead to more things that everyone goes on there for that though. And it's like don't try to like people would try to fault me and be like, Oh, she's just there to get fame, get hype. And I was like, Well, yeah, obviously we're all here to do that. Whenever you were watching me on TV did you cringe as much as I did? I mean, I cringe a lot, but on The Bachelor, not so much. Bachelor in Paradise, I cringed a lot. 
I actually laughed a lot more than I thought I would. Like, no discredit to you. I just, like, being your best friend and knowing how you are, I was honestly worried how they would, like, show you. But it actually positively, like, really did a justice on you. And I was... Worked out so well, dude. I thought that... Honestly, very, like, thankful that they didn't screw you over because just knowing how blunt you are, it... They, I know they could have cut you a completely different way, but because you are a nice person and... I got the best edit I could have. I literally... I like, like, that one, and I don't even watch the show, and I just knew, like, because you're my best friend, and I know you can be annoying as fuck and a little bitch, and <laughs> I was like, she did something right to make them not... Like, I was so shocked, because whenever I left The Bachelor, I got to the Vietnamese airport, and I called my parents... <laughs> Whenever I, they dropped me off there, gave me my phone, said, good luck, make it home. And I'm like on the phone with my parents and I'm like, dad, Bobby, my stepmom, Bobby, I'm like, y'all will not believe this, but I'm pretty sure I'm about to be the villain. And I was like, I just wanted to make sure nobody forgot me. Like I knew what I was doing in there, all this stuff. I was like, it might be bad. Dad, you might have to not watch a lot of it. I'm so sorry, dad. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I will tell you what. I the first little you- clip that came out of you about the whole like virgin thing, like everybody was like, is that really your best friend? I was like, yep. Like, is she really like that? I'm like, uh-huh. Like it was almost funny to see the reaction and be like, uh oh she really is i'm like not fake at all no no oh thank you for saying that because i feel like so many people thought like that i was like faking it and i was like i wasn't faking it i definitely turned it up a notch but (laughs) still who i am and surprisingly enough like you've always been able to turn it up a notch like yeah even if i get into a crowd of people i turn it up a notch it's kind of my personality and my anxiety does that to me and i know yours does that for you too we just like Okay, time to have fun, time to be social, time to get her done. Because it's in there, deep down in us. It's just like, we just really don't care. I mean, we grew up in the South, too, like, with conservative relatives and all this stuff. And so, like, I have been suppressed of being able to be myself for so long. So that's why whenever I went to college, I went buck fucking wild. And I've always had to, like, rebel a little bit. And I think you meeting me and your parents seeing, like, oh, she's still pretty, like, not, like, too wild. Like, okay, opinions, okay, okay. And, like, I feel like the longer you were away, the more you progressed, it was just more, like, understood that people are people and you just blossomed. Uh, It was insane how much I did blossom, and my parents loved the fuck out of you. They're obsessed with you. They always ask about you. But it was, like, the the second that – I realized, or I guess everyone kind of realized in my life was like, I guess like the people who always wanted me to be like, I understand if I had a daughter, you know, 25 years ago, I would probably want her to be a perfect angel. And I, you know, seeing your baby girl growing up to be a menace like me, (laughs) I was an angel my whole life. And then once I got to college, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm experimenting. But here's the thing is that like, I wasn't hurting anyone. I wasn't hurting myself. I always have a, like a clear head as far as I can think rationally. I'm willing to hear you out. I'm not stubborn. I'm not causing harm to other people. I'm not causing harm to myself. Maybe my drinking is, but, <laughs> but other than that, like I, I'm a good person and I'm, I listen and I hear it, but like, I like to have fun. I like to make people uncomfortable. I like to push the fucking boundaries and I like to just be 
the complete opposite of what I am, of what we are all like, quote unquote, supposed to be. Yeah, I, I also feel like, but in order to like listen, you have to feel heard at least once in your life. Like, you yeah. have to have somebody like understand you. And like, if you don't have that until you do, like, I feel like once you got to college, you realize, like, oh, I can't have like best friend, like girlfriends. Like, I feel like. In Red Oak, I mean, we almost moved to Red Oak growing up, and I'm so glad we didn't. <laughs> However, it's just, like, I feel like you formed, like, your first, like, real friendships that let you, like, grow trust and, like, just be more comfortable with yourself. Like, make home, like, a home, you know? Because you did move around a lot growing up, and I feel like you didn't always have, like, a set group yeah. of I felt like for a long time, like, I, I just had no idea who I was. And I, I honestly, Sam, I I don't mean, I don't know how you're going to take this, but, like, you helped me find a lot of myself. And you helped me learn what kind of person, like, I wanted to be, what I wanted to be more like, what I needed to cut back on. Like, I, you definitely helped me develop who I am today. And I feel like that's... I think you did that for me, too. Like, even just being more open with sexuality and, like, understanding people and there's more spectrums to everything there's a spectrum of everything like yeah but or just even like having a completely different up, upbringing like we both share different like strict levels but I also like there's also the downside of like everything with the queer mom and like my parents might have been married growing up from the start but it was still very not put together you automatically grew up a separated parent like but it was those different pieces that make you realize okay we're all going through something yeah and it I was very very fortunate and like I'm so grateful that I got to meet you because you have changed my life like I don't know where I would be without you Sam I really mean that like it's a completely different life for me without you in it I, I can't even imagine how I don't even know where I'd be. What if I was like some stupid suck up bitch right now? Like you literally you changed my life. You you might have been, but I, I would have stopped it sooner or later. <laughs> but no, I'm just I'm so I'm so grateful that I have that I have you in my life and that you have chosen to remain in my life. You know what I mean? Like I mean, but at the same time it's just so funny. Like everybody's like, oh is she the same? Do y'all still talk? Like you know, even all the people we worked with at Potter Barn, they're like, do y'all still communicate? And I'm like, every day. And they're like, Really? And I'm like, we weren't just pottery barn friends. We were roommates. We were this. We went through this to get like no 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 the meme of the guy, they were roommates. <laughs> But so do you think, do you think that I've changed at all since The Bachelor? Because I wanted to ask that so the listeners could hear somebody who knew me before and after. No, I, if anything, I think you're even more chill because you're just even more comfortable with who you are because you got the reaction that you deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Like, I think you were kind of nervous, like, oh shit, like what, what's going to happen after this? And then everybody was like, this is great. You were like, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great bitch like, <laughs> you're very lucky but at the same time I feel like that also just shows karma because this bitch used to scrape quarters out of her car 
because they'd spend, I don't know what she'd spend her, all her money on, and me and Skylar would have to, like... What money? I had no money. <laughs> we would have swipes on our, like, cards to go eat at the dorms, but these bitches would decide to eat until they were closed, and we'd, we'd feed them. I've literally probably helped Jamie bathe before, not even gonna lie. And, <laughs> and so, it's just funny, because people are like, is your friendship real? Like, does she really still talk to you? I'm like, that bitch doesn't have a choice but to talk to me. <laughs> like, Ew, it makes me so weirded out that people would think that I would become, like, the kind of I person. Know. They tr- you know, being here, you think people move there and they truly go live in another universe. And in a way, it is completely different. However, you choose to keep those relationships. And that shows well, people, the people who definitely- you are as a person, though, because a lot of people don't try to maintain those relationships. But those are the ones that are going to have your back forever. Yeah, and some people, I mean, whenever they do get a taste of anything, they do change. Anything, money, drugs, sex. (laughs) I've seen it happen, and I, I never felt like I did change at all. Like I still am the person who, you know, goes up to the janitor and tells the janitor, like, "Hey, how are you doing? Are you having a good day today?" And I keep walking. Like, you know, he's like, "Yes, thank you," and I'm like, "Have a great day. Like, enjoy the rest of it." Like love you or something weird, you know, that probably made him be like, why the fuck is this bitch just something to me? But I'm like, I, I just want to make people feel good. But I'm also like, yeah, if you cross me, I'm going to sass your ass up. And I'm also going to put on a goddamn show any chance I get. Yeah, you can turn it on real quick. <laughs> but if you're not, you're not. You're turning it down. If I'm not turning it on, I'm hiding. You've turned the electricity off. You've called the electric company and said, I want to cancel my service. I'm in the storm shelter. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have some serious mental issues. Um, Do people bug you a lot about, like, being friends with me? Like, do they annoy you? Are they, like, are you guys actually friends or, like? All all the time. And, like, sometimes at work, you know, because being in Dallas, sometimes – Dallas people will drive over to this little not Dallas area and you know I'll hear them just like I've heard a girl literally like talk about not having a white couch because she's gonna drop her red wine watching The Bachelor and I'm like well you know my best friend she was on there and they're like no way who and they're like dead when they figure out that it's you and like it's just so funny to see the reactions especially because i don't watch the freaking show you're the only reason i've ever watched it but you know it's funny like you a selling point <laughs> you were, and then i met a few of your friends like katie and hannah and hannah but like <laughs> it's you just hannah's i forgot it's just funny like because it's a completely different world than what people see and i think that's just the most interesting part and so like to be able to be like yeah that's my best friend and people literally don't believe you and you're like no but like I'm not making it up like I know the parts of her that I don't even want to tell you and you're over here like really are you friends so you're like are we friends I, it makes me want to destroy them like it makes me so mad because I'm like how dare they and not even that they're like doubting me but not many people can say oh I guess where we're from, yeah, because, I mean, I wasn't best friends with anyone from anything. No, like, I mean, I keep up with some people, but, like, you're the longest friendship I've had since, but 
it's just, it's funny to be, it's funny to see like how like dreamland, I guess people's brains are when it comes to like, Oh, do you really know that person? And you're like, no, they're, they're actually a real person. They came from a real place with a whole lot of real nothing around. And mm-hmm. it's possible to actually leave here and do something cooler than that. And like, it's, it's funny just because it's like inspiring at the same time, because it's like, obviously crazy shit happens. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very interesting. It, uh, I, I like that you say that though. It makes me feel really good uh, that you, because I, I definitely have felt like I haven't changed much. I feel like if anything, like you said, like I, I've been, I get better and better as far mm-hmm. as, um, I think what I've learned because I'm out in LA now and I grew up in a small town in Texas being out in LA, I can, I see these people in LA, they act a lot differently than what I'm used to. And I can read them because I know like, Oh, you're an LA person. You're kind of a dick. Like you're mean to people. You're judgy. You're all of these things that I never want to be. So seeing a lot of like how, and it's not every LA person by any means. There are definitely, there's good. There is that my, it's not made, it's not talked about for nothing. So it's like, I I can just like see people act like, you know, in a social setting and just see how they respond to people or like see how, you know, they behave in a situation and a fucking crowd of people. And I'm like, y'all are disgusting. Y'all are so mean and so full of yourselves. And like, I, I get it. Like I'm definitely like confident and like I can be conceited, but I'm also very insecure in other ways. Like I'm multifaceted. There's all kinds of things going on and I'm never going to like treat a human like garbage who is not like an innocent human being. I'm not going to just like go up to someone and be rude to them or make them feel excluded. If I see somebody who looks like they're being excluded, I'm still going up to them and pulling them in. I'm like, come with me, like hang out with us and our friends. I mean, this is before the pandemic, of course. (laughs) But that's, what's fun about us. We're always just like new people. Yay. Not like, and we can read people. Well, like you can see whenever people are being pieces of shit and you're just like, wow, you really think you're hot shit. Like I think I'm hot shit, but not to that extent. I still think that other people are more important than I am. Yeah, but I care more about them than I do about myself. That is our past making us overcompensate for it. Really depressed forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know just like mental health or whatever. Um. So, would you ever go on The Bachelor, or would you ever do another reality show? I know you like reality TV too. What are your thoughts? I would be on. Are you the one? I freaking love that show. <laughs> Me too. I love that show too. I would be on Survivor. No, no way. I don't think I'd make it very far, but I've always grown up watching it and I love the idea of it. And I think that I'm stronger than I give myself credit for. So I think I'd I actually pictured you with the, 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 the bandana around my boobs. For some reason, I pictured one around your head, one around your boobs and one around your waist. Like, and they were- yellow (laughs) my mom was just talking this weekend she was like sam's always been comfortable being naked and she was like i think she's convinced y'all that her dad was the one that was cool with her just being a naked woman but actually it was her telling us that we're the ones that made it just deal with it (laughs) and i'm like yep i my like my earliest memories of you always are you in a t-shirt and your panties and just walking around, answering the door, don't care, just I'm in my t-shirt and my panties. 
I loved it too. Like, I mean, now you made me more like that. You helped me be comfortable in being that way because, you know, I grew up where it was fully clothed, but yeah, not like that's a negative thing either. If you want to be fully clothed, whatever you're comfortable with. But I just grew up always being like, this body was put here for a reason. And if I'm hot and I don't want to wear clothes, sorry. And hot as in temperature. Yeah. Like, no. I'm such a hot person. Like, yeah, she is. She's warm. like a furnace. Like yeah. people can't even lay next to me because I'm so hot. So like, like part of it, I think it's just being hot. And so people think I'm just a nudist. I'm like, no, I'm hot. She's, she's actually very warm. I cuddled her for the first time because she was warm. <laughs> if it's cold outside, you could literally lay a foot away from me and get warmed up. Not even kidding. It's wonderful. But you <laughs> did, you gave me like, you inspired me to have the confidence to be able to wear whatever I want as appropriately as I can and uh, moderate my temperature. Um, so you would go on Survivor. Oh, and my dirty little secret is below deck. If I could go back 10 years and learn how to be like a, a stew, I would. Because I freaking love that show. I think I would thrive on that <laughs> little setting. I feel like you. Th- I now now that I pictured you in Survivor, I want you to go on Survivor. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna call CBS. You know, my big brother fan. Joe? Joe or Jeff? Jeff. Jeff, if you're listening, my mom is a big fan. <laughs> I, it would make her life. Okay, if we could do a best friend version where me and Demi play together, because I don't want to die alone, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> Now I got to go on Survivor. Okay, we're going. Mom, we're going. (laughs) Listen, CBS, I don't know if y'all know this, but I have pretty much made the Bachelor fandom like Big Brother or at least be interested in it. So I have done a lot for y'all. I think it's about time that you let me and Sam come on Survivor uh, and, you know, battle that out. Or we could go on The Amazing Race, which I have never watched before. I've never watched. I don't even know the physical abilities I'd need to have. but I I have no idea. I but Survivor, I think, is probably more physical. So, Janelle, that's on big, you know. But there's puzzles, and I love puzzles. You know Janelle. Yeah. I never shut up about her. Uh, <laughs> Are we in a fight? <laughs> Janelle was on Big Brother. Uh, she was on season six, season seven, and season 14, and now season 22. CBS does Big Brother. CBS also does Survivor. And CBS also does The Amazing Race. They put her on The Amazing Race. Oh. And Survivor is still going to be harder than The Amazing Race, like, as far as uh, yeah, but being in the wild. I grew up watching it, at least, so I'm at least a little bit more familiar with that other than... The others? Yeah. Well, I'd be down to go on any of them with you. I think it'd be amazing. Would you, if you were on Survivor, would you stick true to your character or would you play up another character? Would you lie? Like what would be? I think that's when my Gemini character would come out because it's a game and very rarely do I get competitive, but it does come out. And I think I would get desperate and want to just, you know, I know how to work people, even just being sales or doing what I do like retail. I know how to say the right thing. And so I think I would, ultimately learn how to utilize those to my best best capacity you know I bet that we would be really good at any kind of like competition reality show that we did because I think everybody would want to be our friends we wouldn't even have to form the alliance they'd just want it with they'd come to us and me and you 
are very trustworthy with each other and we'd be like, don't well, we be friends with everyone. So I don't know what we do. They'd have to really, well, I'd be, we would know though. That's like, okay, we're not telling anyone shit, but we're going to be friends with everyone. But we're me and you would literally ride or die. And then everyone else oh. trying to join in on us. We'd be funny. We'd be like, we would have a plan probably just be like, you know what? We're going to just kick back and be friends with everyone and act like we're not a threat. Uh-huh. But we're the biggest. And you know what? I would even like to say that the night that we probably think we're going to get sent home, me and you would plan a walk off. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody voting us out. We're going on our own. We're just going to go. It's fine. <laughs> you know what? All of a sudden, I think that I have appendicitis and I got to get the hell out of here. And somebody needs to be able to sign her paperwork. So we got to go. Sam's my emergency contact. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'd still somehow make it to the finale and the little talk shows after and still be the... Oh, no, we'd kill it. I don't think... They, I, if I had you with me by my side, like, I always think about if I was on Big Brother, would I survive? Like, no, I'd probably get evicted immediately. But if I had you, like, with me, I feel like as a dynamic duo in any of these game show, competition show, reality show things... Because we would get out of our head and actually, like... I'd be like, it's not all in here. I'd be like, Sam. I'd be like, you take your Adderall. I'll take my Vivance. Let's tackle together and go. <laughs> Literally, we would we would probably destroy any competition show. And also, well, I guess maybe you say you're not athletic. I don't know much about your athletic ability. I'm very athletic, so I could win the endurance competitions. You could win. I'm strong. Mental I'm not agile. Like, I'm not quick. It's so complicated getting into, like, the... the <laughs> I never tried, so I could do backflips. That's it. That's I think it. that you'd actually probably be good at them, too. I think we'd both be good at both of them. But those puzzles, I wouldn't give up on. Kill the puzzles. There's so many puzzles. Cool. Kill it. And then we'd be an amazing duo. That might um, started to rapid fire so these are just quick answers really quick before we wrap up because we have taken so long now i love this though this is amazing i knew this would happen <laughs> i know me too but i i honestly i wish i could just do another hour with you like fuck fuck it we're just like hanging out at this point okay this point. <laughs> rapid fire questions favorite color pink favorite animal cats favorite meal uh, sour cream enchiladas from Gloria's. What sauce on top? Oh, actually, that's a tough tie with the porch. That sells mm. the sells the stroganoff. The stroganoff. Oh my god! If you live in Dallas and you have not had the porch, go. Well, go they're close. To the porch. Get the stroganoff. That is uh, me and Sam's favorite meal. Oh, so good. I saw a picture today of a Streets plate that I had. Also, if you live in Dallas, if you don't go to Streets Chicken, Streets Fine Chicken. Streets Fine Chicken, it is so fun. <gasps> go, please, go. immediately. <laughs> I saw a picture today on my phone, and I almost cried. I, I saw two pieces of chicken legs, fried chicken legs, on my photo that I had in my phone that I had taken. So my go-to meal is two pieces of fried chicken legs, mashed potatoes and gravy, collard greens, and then an extra side on the side of the brie mac and cheese. 
And let me tell you what I would do for that right now. I would. I begged you to come home. What would I do for that? We literally have like a food agenda of places where we're going to go. I know, I know. Because this girl has been just missing out on the good foods. And it's hard to stay thin here in Texas because everything's just good. And I hate California food. It's all healthy. I hate it so much, guys. That's why I'm fucking diminishing away. I'm getting so skinny. But no, I actually kind of gained a little bit of weight in the past week. I probably gained like five pounds uh, because I started my period. (laughs) But I I can't eat like this. I cannot eat like this anymore. This is terrible food here. It's not terrible. It's probably good, but it's healthy and green. Sorry, rapid fire question. Okay, so favorite meal was the porch stroganoff. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that, I guess. Unless it's my mom's cooking. I'll take anything she cooks over that. Mm. Okay, dream vacation. Um... I would really, really love to go to Greece. I would love to see... That's mine. That's mine. I would love to see all the little houses and, like, cliffs and, like, the adobe, like, the white... I don't even know if it's adobe, but it's white stone, whatever it is. Like, I don't even know because I've only really gone to Mexico and Puerto Rico. And that's, like, it. So, like, I really would... I'd be happy going anywhere. But seriously, Greece is so beautiful. I want to go there so and I don't even really like Greek food, but, like, I'd be down to have actual Greek the food. The only Greek food that I really know of is a Greek salad. Listen, it, it's so fresh. There's no way to not customize it to how I'd like it, I feel like. So I just haven't had it right. I don't know. Let me tell you something, sis. When this <laughs> pandemic is over or we can at least travel to other countries, the first place – the, the day that it opens, or the day, it opens. Fly, the day that we can fly out of country, me and you, I'm flying us to Greece. I don't, give a fuck. Greece. I don't give a fuck. We're going. I have to go. I have to. And I want to go with no one else other than you since that is your number one, too. Oh, I just wanted that's just such different scenery, such aesthetic, like clean beach. Oh, love it. I do but. too. It looks beautiful. If you go to Greece without me, I will be devastated. I don't think I'll make it there without you. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm paying for the trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to go with you. <laughs> I hate myself, Sam. You're the only person that's taking me. Okay, so uh, ideally, if you could live anywhere in the States, where would you live? Miami. What? 100%. Miami. Wow. Growing up, that's, like, where we always went for a family vacation randomly because we go to Key West for a few. And I love the architecture of the building. So it's, like, old Miami Vice, like, like stucco buildings and, like, art deco and, like, whitewashed brick and, like, paint. Like, I just love the food. I love the beach. I love the vibe. I like how much my hair curls when I'm there. Like, I just like being there. It just feels the most, like, non-American to me. I mean, growing up in Texas, like, I literally love Miami so freaking much, that whole area. Like, I just knew that's where I was going to live growing up. And then, you know, like, life happens. I've never been to Miami, but I... It's my favorite. And, like, the food's so fresh. It's, like, Spanish. Could be seafood. Could be like just Florida weird Cajun knockoff. I don't know. Anything. Just seafood. I love seafood. I do too. 
I, I, I don't, uh, I, I go to Florida a lot, especially lately. I've been in Florida a lot. It's way, and I've been there a lot in my life too. Cause I've always had family in Florida. So humid. I hate it, but yeah. it's curly. It bounces up those curls. Oh, never look better. It makes my hair look straighter than it's ever been in my life. And I don't really have straight hair. I have like wavy. It's like a little wave hair. It's like a a voluminous wave. Like at least like you've got some like a. I just have a lot of hair. Yeah, we have hair. Yeah, Sam's got way the best hair I probably have ever seen. (laughs) We've got hair for days, both of us. Yeah. But um, never that would never be my cho- my choice. Uh, in the LA where you're at now, mm, I don't know. I mean, I like being here now, and you're moving here. You know, whenever I can convince you to. But <laughs> I don't know where it would be. It would maybe be like probably somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and like, like if a, it was like, like a, a mountain situation. cabin, like a cabin. Huh? Not a cabin, not a cabin. It would be like having a nice house, maybe in a neighborhood or maybe like, so Calabasas here is, uh, I don't even know if I'd want to live there, but something that would be like Calabasas to where it's like all in the the mountains and yeah, discreet as fuck. Yeah, every time I go to California though, I am like mesmerized by the... I just love the weather here. I love the weather. When you sit in 104 weather for literally five months at a time. It's not that bad here. It did get bad this summer because I live in the valley and it gets hotter here. So it's like like global warming, but you know. Yeah. And there's also a lot of fires and earthquakes here. So that's scary. But it would be something like an area where it was like still a community. So like I would have like neighbors or like at least there's people around me I can invite over. But it was like. I had my own space in a nice house and I also had the ability to have land because I want to have a farm. I want to have a garden. I want to have animals. I want to have, I want to have chickens. I want horses. I want whatever I can get. I love animals and I want to be able to go outside and pick my tomatoes and pick my cucumbers. Well, maybe when you get your house, that's when it'll actually come out there because. No, you you can do that sooner. No, no, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know I'm like so trying to force you I'm sorry um okay last question and then we're gonna wrap it up if you could solve one problem in the world what would it be and why that's like a really hard question is but there anything that you've thought about before that you wanted to solve um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things but okay so like on a more broad scale that I feel like would help other causes altogether would maybe just even be like poverty and the lack of opportunity given like on a broader scale. And I mean that like on an all race level, just because, you know, certain connections people have, like, you know, you could be anybody and your mom's been a teacher your whole life and you're that much more susceptible to like getting a free tutor or whatever it is that little help is. And, you know, just the poverty level, especially even just in Dallas, I can only imagine in LA the amount of homeless people that I've even seen like increase since the pandemic. And I mean, like even the people that live, I mean, I live in a loft in downtown Dallas and 
there's a why a big community of homeless people underneath it and because they just decided to do construction they all just lost even their space here and it you know we just wonder why people end up where they are and where they're at in their life and my own father that was an alcoholic you know two days before he passed away we thought he would be alive and we packed up his apartment because he was about to get evicted and he was going to be homeless and you know, long story short, that could have been my dad under the bridge. And there's zero opportunity happening for my father. He was applying he, for jobs. Yeah. And your dad also was somebody who had a job. Oh, he was a respiratory therapist. And a sugar daddy. <laughs> he was the same. Like, it's funny because I am so not spoiled now, but I grew up so, so spoiled and not even in a bad way. My parents didn't grow up with anything. And they made sure to give to their children and it's just sad to see what money and addiction can do to somebody because, you know, I lived my whole life thinking I'd get a big life insurance policy. My dad liked to remind me of it. Not only was he an alcoholic, he was a narcissist. He liked to remind me what he had. And, you know, I grew up thinking I'd have this, I'd have that. And just like that, the the rug got pulled and you have to either adapt or you get lost. And unfortunately I, almost got lost and it's just hard and unless you have like support somewhere if you have zero support anywhere then what are you left to do I know people say it's on you to fix your problem but if you don't even have somebody to talk to it's it's hard to expect people or it's not hard it's easy to expect people to yeah. be superhuman and then like back to poverty is, you know most people in poverty they're alcoholics they're addicts they're this they're that whatever but what are we doing to help and that's what you know, like even with my dad, my dad was on his deathbed. He didn't have insurance. And I'm not going to say that played a part in what happened, but I definitely say the treatment he got was different than when I watched my dad in scrubs be the respiratory therapist. Everybody bowed down to him. And, you know, it, it's just crazy what. And I, I think it's like something important that I know that uh, you feel the same about is that uh, like writing off people with addictions isn't fair because addiction is a disease. It's not something that people can control. It is something that is in their genetics. It is something that is in them that they cannot control. And so to punish people because, oh, well, they chose to drink. They chose to do this. It's not that simple. It's not. And I mean, for as much as that could sound like making an excuse for them, I think what I also didn't hit on a lot of is – I cut my dad off. I had to stop talking to him. He was taking from me my life, my well-being, my mental health, because I was who he leaned on. And being 13 to the age of 21, 22, an alcoholic dependent caregiver that's supposed to be taking care of you and you're taking care of them, like that, that takes a really big toll on you and you don't realize it. And then you move four hours away and now you're even more responsible for their well-being and like, it's okay to not put up with parents that you can't fix. And, you know, I think a lot of people face a lot of guilt in regards to the situation, or even just not even a parent, a loved one. But, you know, it was like a switch for me. I woke up one day and I realized the toll it was taking on me and the exhaustion that it was causing me. And not that I feel better or relieved now that he's passed, but, you know, the anxieties of dealing with somebody's mental health and life struggle of addiction on you, it's okay to not put up with it. Like, in the second that you forgive yourself for stepping away and remembering that you're a person too, 
that's when you like gain yourself back because it literally eats alive at you. I still feel guilty. I can still think about my dad. My dad didn't think he was going to pass away when he passed away. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't either, but he did, but everything he did, he knew what he was doing. I couldn't stop it. I did what I could. I took myself out of the situation when needed. And, you know, I think a lot of people are scared to even leave their parent or think they're leaving them or like not supporting them. But if it is taking from you and your person and your soul, you have to remember that it's going to kill you the same way it kills them. And maybe not in the addiction form, but the guilt is not worth it. It's just not. And you just have to remember your person too. Yeah. And I know that you already know this, but I watched, you know, I, I spent time with you and your dad a lot. You know, I loved Eddie uh, so much, but I know watching you go through everything that happened, you were always like, you loved him so much and you were always there for him. You always wanted like, the best for him. You always were trying to encourage him to be better. And there was a lot that he was doing negatively to you and you still like, you were still there for him. And then at one point you were like, I have to take a step back. And you were completely validated for that because he, he did, he you know, he, he was, it wasn't him. And if you have an addict in your life, you, it, it's yeah. not, it's not the same person that you, the feelings that you're trying to guard are not the person that you're protecting. Exactly. It's, it's the it's addict not. in them and they do, if you're an addict, like you do things, if you're desperate enough to people that will hurt them, even if you do love them. Cause I know that you were your dad's light in his life, but you made the right decision by taking that step back. And I recognize that addiction is stronger than love sometimes. And he loved me, but if I sat here and watched it, then I'm only making myself sick because he's waking up and not remembering what he did. And you have to remember him getting upset the next day and not remembering that he pissed you. I'm not even pissed you off. Treated you like shit. He's not going to remember either way. So you have to hold tight the next day too. Like you just have to learn. Yeah. And that's not like whenever it became, so it was like that a little bit in the beginning of whenever I met you and knew you, like it wasn't that bad. And like, he was mostly amazing. And then it started getting a little bit worse. And then it got to the point where every time you talked to him, you were taking on all of the weight of the Uh, addiction. uh, yeah, and, and you were doing nothing except for supporting him and trying to be there for him and believing in him, but he didn't believe in himself. All he, you know, he was drinking. He was uh, trying to blame somebody else. And then you had to take like, that. It was, it was just a concoction, and, like, that's not your problem. You have to realize that's somebody else's issue to solve. You might have played a part in it. You might not have, but that's for them to figure out. Just don't support it any further and move on. Yeah. And like what we remember, I know when, like whenever we think about him, like, and I know that you, like, this is not my place to say this at all, but like, I know whenever I think of him, I don't think of the, the last few negative, you know, like probably a year or two of negativity. It was more of like all of the great things that he had provided for us. He like took us to fun restaurants. Like I remember all the good things about him. But I think people know when something's outside of their reach. And I think that my dad was just not mentally healthy. And I don't, I don't think he had the will to live. And that's why mental health is so important because 
once you start treating your body like it doesn't matter, then it, it starts to not. And then your mental health goes, goes down the drain with it. And so just always remembering that you're important, you matter, talk to somebody. Like, it's just, you know, my dad sat in very, very sick conditions when he could have reached out to me, but because he was so in his head, he didn't. And, you know, that's the shit that eats away at me, but I wasn't there. I wasn't the one to make the call. Like, you just have to, you have to remember that everything happens for a reason. You couldn't have been the one to fix the situation if you weren't put in the path to change it or else you would have been. Exactly. And that's something about you too is like, I, I don't think that you have ever felt this way. You've never expressed this to me, but like, I've always thought like, I, I like put myself in your shoes sometimes like try to like think about it that way. And I'm like, I wonder if she's ever felt guilty, but I don't think that you have felt guilty because I watched you. Well, you shouldn't feel, and I don't think you do, but I've watched you for years before your dad passed trying and trying and trying and making every effort you could and like including him and everything and making him feel good and being there for him, even whenever he was not being nice to you and stuff like that because of his addiction. And uh, is there like some kind of advice that you could give to people because there are thousands of people out there. I don't know if anyone's listening that is experiencing this because probably not a lot of people listen to my podcast, but is there anybody who is going through something and you would want to tell them like something similar to you and like tell them how to deal with an addictive either parent, family member, you know, a significant other friend, like how to handle that and what you think now hindsight 2020, the best way to handle it. I mean, the, the most important thing is understanding that it's not you and they might see the most hateful, hateful things that you could imagine to you and not that their addiction is an excuse, but like I said, they don't remember it. That's not them. So the second you turn around that situation and start talking to them, like that's not them and not taking things so personal, don't let them offend you. They're not going to remember it. So why even open up the door? Don't even start the fight. Walk away. Like, and I know it's really hard, and I probably didn't walk away for three to five years of my life. I just took it and kept the argument going, A, because I like to argue, and B, because I thought that there was something worth arguing about. But the second you realize that it's drugs and there's no recollecting that argument, if you've never woken up the next day and had a full-blown fight with somebody and them not, like, recall anything – and you're just so exhausted from the fight and the screaming and the yelling and the this and the that, then you've not experienced yet why it's just so much more worth it to give it up because they're not going to remember it. Why exhaust yourself? So I feel like once you start doing that, you get that mental image a little bit more cleared out and you finally see this just hurts me. So when they do start calling you and they need this or they need that or they're drunk or they're high or whatever, Okay, call me later. Don't even argue. Don't even make them feel like shit. In the conversation, call it a day. Like, it's just indulging yourself in the argument and the, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, you know they're going to do that. They're an addict. And if you don't know they're going to do that, you need to accept that they're going to do that. And you need to remove yourself if you, I mean, me even just calling my dad to say, I love you. What are you doing today? That in a way was enabling him because it made him think it was okay. I was fine with what he was doing. I had to stop talking to him. And I'm not saying that it helped, but it helped me. So it's, there's a point in time where you realize yourself trumps 
ironically, <laughs> the addict. And although there is a person there that you care for, that is not the person that you're dealing with at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that you said that it is very like heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking and it, it sucks to hear that. But like, you know, I, I've dealt with an addict in my life too, yeah. my mother, but, uh, it, it is like that. Like you can't, you can't save them. They have to want to save themselves, which is very cliche. But it just sounds so dramatic. But once you realize like saving somebody is literally somebody wanting to be alive or not. And you don't even realize whenever you're enabling them because you're just like, oh, this is my parent. I'm supposed to be loving them. Like, you know, they're telling me they need this. I need to give it to them. Like I need to figure out what I can do to make this whatever they're saying that they need somewhere to live, a couch to sleep on. Like, okay. That like, they gave me a roof the, all these 18 years. Why wouldn't I give them a couch to sleep on? But that's not always the case. It's not the case whenever it comes to addicts and stuff like that. Like it's actually, uh, it's very hard because if me and you, like we're very empathetic people and we, whenever we love someone, we love them. Huh? Because of, having parents that yeah, feel yeah. <laughs> and it's like you want to give them everything that you can you want to help them like you're like oh my gosh you're struggling like you're feeling this way like I want I'm going to be there for you I know everyone else is mad at you because you know you are addicted to something and you are fucking everyone over in your life but uh I still want to help and all this stuff and all you're doing now is like contributing to the enabling and it was a really hard lesson for me to learn. And I still like, you know, um, it's hard. I put up with it until the very end. It's like, what do you do different? It's being yeah. a child in a parent's relationship is so weird once it becomes misconstrued because then it's like, what is it supposed to be? Exactly. Once it starts getting like, oh, my parent needs me more than I need them how the hell do I handle that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's not your job. Like that's not not even used to being needed or needing them. So especially it's like, whoa, now you're being needy. And I really am not used to that. It's definitely very, um, I don't know. It's still something I'm like trying to figure out because you know, my mom did not pass away. Uh, I did go through a period of time where I thought that she was going to for a while, Um, but I'm still suffering some of the repercussions of her actions and still like not knowing whether or not to trust her. And, you know, uh, I'm older now. It's been so many years, but it's, it's just like, this is it. This isn't my job, like to be the one who is strong for you. And, as a parent, I can kind of like put myself in that perspective of like, if I was a parent and my, and I had children and I was struggling, I would want my kids to help me. But as a kid, you're like, why do I need to help you? You're my parent. You're like, well, well I didn't ask to be here. Like, well, 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 you chose to have me as a kid. Already, like, I'm already trying to figure out if I want to be here. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm going through my own issues. I'm going through my own traumas and everything that you've put me through, and now you need me to help you. And like, I still feel like I have. You haven't made it up to me. <laughs> never have, never have made it up to me. It's, it's just weird, it, and it's not. 
it's not something that a lot of people understand or a lot of people do understand it because they've been through it. But then there's like so many of my friends where they're like, Oh yeah, my parents have been happily married for this many years. And I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm like, what is that like to come from a family that is not like completely super fucked and like toxic and just all over the place. So I know that we were just very heavy on the listeners, but it is very important to have these conversations with people you love and trust and your friends should be there for you during these times and during these conversations. And I think it's better to make yourselves uncomfortable to have the heavy conversations than it is to pretend like these things aren't existing in your mind. So have the conversations. I'm really grateful to have a friend like Sam to have them with me. So thank you so much, Sam. You are a light in my life. You educate me every day. You make my days better. I'm so grateful for you. And I love you to the moon and back. And I'm always your girl. I'm going to cry. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy that I've gotten to see you become this person that you've talked into existence, literally. Like people talk about manifestation and... That sounds so cheesy and, like, positive, but, like, Demi thought it, she saw it, she knew it, and here she is, and that just literally proves, like, you know, trying to achieve your goals is not stupid, because I've literally seen it happen, so, guys, (laughs) just believe it, and stay positive, it's really hard right now. I know, right? But yeah, it's literally, I just said, you know what? I'm going to be famous one day. Made it happen. Uh, (laughs) Believe in yourselves. And Sam, I'm so proud of you. I love the human that you are. You are my favorite person in the world, honestly. I can't think of one other person I would pick over you. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) my parents, but. (laughs) Sorry, Bobby. Sorry. (laughs) seriously like you are my favorite person on the planet and you mean so much to me do you want to plug your socials I know you don't care about social media but do you want to plug them just so if people want to check out more of what you have to say they can follow you I guess you guys um you can get me on instagram or twitter at sminton s-m-i-n-t-o-n-n and that's my name on there on everything it's at S M I N T O N N. Yes. Two N's. Two N's. Yeah. Definitely follow her. She's amazing. Uh, obviously, I'm obsessed with her and I love you so much. So, thank you again, Sam. Thank y'all so much for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know what I'm doing right. Tell me what you want to hear more of. Uh, I. I don't know what anyone wants to hear. DM me on Instagram. Let's play Animal Crossing. I'll give y'all my friend code if enough people DM me. That was a little uh, unclear, but I I honestly want to play with y'all. I'm working on my island really hard right now, so bear with me. But rate, review, subscribe. I love you all so much. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.